Hello and welcome to the Interactive Investor Podcast, where we discuss matters of investment interest. I'm Richard Hunter, Head of Markets, and in this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by members of the Quantum Fund from Reading School, who have recently won this year's Student Investor Challenge. This national competition is run by a financial education body, the London Institute of Banking and Finance, and seeks to encourage students to learn about the economy and how the stock market works. Over 33,000 students in teams of four took part, despite having little or no prior experience of the stock market or the finance sector. So I am very pleased to welcome a couple of the team members. Perhaps, guys, you could introduce yourselves and indeed let us know the names of your other team members. So hi everyone, my name is Andrew George, and yes, I was part of the winning Quantum Fund team. Um, hi, uh, my name is Deb Coyle, and um, I'm 18 years old, and the other two members were Rahul Menon and Yashwant Karipali. Well, first of all, many congratulations to you, and indeed your, your other team members. To have finished first from 9,840 schools really is quite an achievement. To reach the final, you had to invest two virtual portfolios for £100,000 over a four-month period in a trading game. What was the difference between those two lists and how did you decide which stocks to pick? One of the portfolios was an active one where you were allowed to make um, unlimited trades in the four months and the other one was more strategic. Your number of trades were limited to 10 per month. In the first one, it was more short-term thinking and um, short-term market moves. So uh, more news-based, whereas um, the strategic one, um, you had to make more long-term decisions and be more careful about which um, companies to choose. So for that one, we looked at um, long-term trends, like mainly macro, to see which stocks to pick. So, so what sort of trends were showing themselves in the, in the period in which you were, you were investing or trading? So this was um, pre-COVID, so from... October 2019 to Jan. One of the trends was the US and China trade war. So we invested in a company called um, Fresnello in both our active and strategic, and um, that paid off quite nicely. The mining stock, yeah? Yeah. Yes. Okay. And um, were there any other particularly strongly performing shares within either of those portfolios? Clearly there were to have propelled you into the final. I think one of the um, stocks that we thought would do pretty well was tech, such as Vodafone. We thought that there were more people nowadays using technology and more devices and things. So because of the growth of technology in the current market, we thought it would be a good idea to invest in tech stocks such as Vodafone. And how did the portfolios perform? Can you remember from the, off the top of your head what sort of returns you managed in the, in the four months? So in the active one, it was, I think, 50% from 100,000 to 150 in four months. And the strategic one was like 25%, I think. So and that was lower because um, we weren't allowed to make unlimited trades. It was more yep. long-term. Very impressive performances. So, so that obviously we're, we're now in the final itself. You, you had to deliver a presentation giving investment advice uh, on a case study in which a couple wanted help on how to invest their savings. Could you describe some of the themes you advised the couple to bear in mind when making their own investment decisions? Yeah, so one of the things we first looked at was the individuals themselves, Lawrence and Neville. We thought that Neville, he was having a few issues. We thought, okay, he could take up things like programming languages. That was one of the ideas we thought of. We thought of ISA products. So basically, 
you're investing in the shares you make are tax exempt. We also thought of various different um, allocations of how to invest from, I think we, we talked about a traditional 60-40 traditional portfolio. Because they worked in the gig economy, their income was unsustainable. So we looked at dividend stocks and how they could build their income over time. In emergencies, not have to rely on loans and that sort of stuff. And what sort of age were this, this couple? In the case study, um, I think they were like young 30s, I think. Okay, so um, it's interesting. The reason I ask that is because um, in terms of traditional investment, of course, on the one hand, being at a younger age, you've got a lot more time to take a higher level of risk. And on the other hand, the uh, need for an income from your investments tends to be something towards the later part of your investment life, perhaps after you've retired uh, and obviously need the income now that you're not earning yourself. So it's, it's interesting that you should be putting them towards income stocks. Did you take their attitude to risk into mind as well? So the case study was that they didn't have any experience. So we thought um, their risk appetite would be lower. That's why we included like more assets like gold and um, lower beta um, dividend stocks. So there'll be less risk and less deviation from the market. So presumably, uh, did you get to a, a kind of stock level or, or was it, apart from the, the gold asset class you mentioned, was it at a fund level or, or did you get down to stock levels as well? We used a website called um, Allocate Smartly. We ran the portfolio um, with the website and then it said the returns on average would be about 15%. So that is more stock level. But the, 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 the max drawdown would be lower, I think about 7% a year on average maximum. So that kind of case study, I guess you've put the advice out there. Have you, out of interest, had a look to see how it might have performed uh, in, in the time since? We haven't had the chance to look at it yet, but it's no. interesting that you say that. So we might look at it today, actually. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, that's great stuff. Now, presumably, leading up to the competition, you already had uh, an interest in the in the world of finance and investment. Has winning the challenge led to your perhaps thinking about this as a career, or are your objectives to be found elsewhere? One of the things that, yeah, of course, I was interested in investment and finance. At the moment, I'm currently planning on doing computer science at university, but so I was very interested in the technology side, but this competition has made me realize that okay i don't have to just work in tech i thought maybe i'd like to be part of like maybe possibly a fintech company and look at things like algorithmic trading and optimization of stocks those kind of things are something i'd like to be part of when i'm older because of this competition sure what about you dev have you seen the light I'm not really sure about my career options yet, but I think the competition is definitely, um, it's a very nice addition to a CV because it looks impressive yeah. and it's definitely like showed like how the real market works and it's, like it's taught us so many skills such as choosing stocks and research and also like more determination and that sort of stuff. So that was good as well. Interesting stuff, guys. So what, what do you think your uh, biggest takeaways from both the competition itself and indeed the challenges that the competition has threw at you? Firstly, especially in the trading round and the predicting round, one of the key skills was being committed. Like we had to look at the so much data every single day and see things like returns and things like that. Also in the presentation, one of the best things was our teamwork. And I also have to compliment Dev, as you know, the captain. He gave us great guidance. <laughs> yep. 
you're sitting next to him. I suppose you have to say that, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we were able to take decisions together as a team. Maybe one of the challenges was, okay, when we were making the presentation, we couldn't do it side by side with each other. We were, because of COVID, at home. Uh, oh, right, okay. For me, it's probably um, not giving up. Even though you might have like a red day or like a string of bad trades, um, the biggest thing is don't give up and uh, just keep going at it every day because like we've been doing this competition since year nine, so it's really helped like doing it every year, learning new stuff and um, learning from our mistakes, and it paid off in the end. So that's good. Well, that time has flown past, chaps. Um, clearly, a couple with uh, bright futures ahead of you. Thank you very much indeed for your time, and do pass on our regards also to your fellow team members. That was Dev and Anarud from the uh, Quantum Fund from Reading School, and indeed. Thank you for listening and do join us next time for another interactive investor podcast.